want to welcome you to our podcast. This is Pedro and Valerie Jaramillo. And today, our title or our subject will be on discipleship. And we wanted to talk to you about discipleship, for one, because um, discipleship is a big part of our life, our everyday life, um, not only just as a Christian, but it is something that we chose to do um, as our life, as our life um, ministry. And so we wanted to just sit here and chat with you about discipleship. Cool. So uh, first is, uh, what is a disciple? So when we talk about a disciple, first of all, um, we're talking specifically about being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, in order to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, first of all, you must be saved. You must um, have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and um, have the Holy Spirit living in you in order to be a disciple of Christ. So I guess we can also say that you are a follower of Christ. Right. You're a student. You're a learner. You're someone that um, has made a decision to um, follow Christ and that you're going to allow someone to work with your life and direct your life in being more like Jesus. It's kind of like the scripture says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Exactly. So also being a disciple, disciples under understand the importance of living a Christian life. Now, in order to be a disciple, like I said, you must be a born again Christian. You must be someone who is following Christ. But the whole point of discipleship is teaching others through the word of God, through teachings, through their lifestyle, the importance of living a Christian life. And living a Christian life is Christ-like. And I believe it's, you know, important that as living a Christian life, you do attend church Wednesdays, Sundays. You do read your Bible. You have a prayer life. You know, you study. And it's kind of like you're learning to teach others to develop those habits in their Christian life because that's what we're talking about, discipleship. So, you know, we don't want to just be like, you know, here we are, we're, we're living for Christ, but we never go to church. <laughs> we never read our Bible. We never pray. We, ne we don't have that relationship, you know. And like you said earlier, well, a disciple is someone who's saved. And I believe that people that are saved have that relationship with Christ to where they are willing to invest into their life and that's by going to church and reading the word and developing their prayer life. Right. And knowing that the discipleship takes someone to take someone under their wing and to work with their life. And so when you decide that, okay, I'm going to disciple someone, I'm going to work with someone. Um, first of all, your lifestyle is going to be what what disciples first. People are going to um, see your life. You might not be, you know, someone directly, but everybody is watching your life. And when you bring someone under you and you start working with them, those are things that you implement like, hey, you know, we need to go to church or um, let's do a Bible study or, you know, text some scriptures. And that's where your job as a discipler comes in and you're you're implementing that because I know that the Holy Spirit speaks to you and I know that the Holy Spirit will show you things, but it takes someone sometimes just encouraging you because a lot of times too, people don't know people at church. So they're not going to just want to go show up at a big church and not know anybody. So that's when you start saying, Hey, you know, you want to go to church with me, sit with me, um, and then start plugging them in. And it's, it's, you have to understand what, what discipleship is, is your, 
duplicating yourself. You know, I, I always hear you uh, say, when you start to work with somebody and start to disciple, you got to ask yourself, do you want another you? And that's something that you would always kind of bring up and share about discipleship. And that's kind of like, you know, when the scripture, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So what he's doing is he's replicating himself as Christ because that's what we do when we imitate. It's right. like a, it's like we're we're becoming like a mere image of what we're discipling. Right, because I've always been taught that discipleship is caught and not taught. And I even think about just like when I go get, you know, when I go get my eyelashes done and I'm there for an hour with the lady that does my eyelashes and she has such a encouraging spirit and she just she's just one of those young young bloods that feel like she can take on the world and and has so much confidence and just sitting there with her for an hour I get out of my appointment and feel like wow like I feel like I can take on the world and I'm going to do everything and it's just because discipleship is caught you know people will be around someone who has a enduring spirit or someone who wants to do a lot for Jesus then they'll catch that and they'll catch that fire and want to do the same thing yeah right you know it's kind of like you have to see it as what we're doing is we're investing we're investing into the the person that we're working with that we're discipling and we're we're pouring all of us into into them through our discipleship just as it is with us with Christ you know our discipleship and it's kind of it's kind of like crazy cuz kind of going on to discipleship within our family you know it's with with our family we have three boys we have a daughter-in-law we have grandchildren so and then we're going to be now getting another daughter-in-law here this weekend so our family's growing but we also have to understand is that you know we have the obligation to also bring discipleship within our family right because that is our first ministry and our kids see everything. They, our kids are, you know, they've, they've known everything. They've seen everything. They've seen how we've reacted, how how we've handled situations, and they learn from it. The, they learn from it, and um, no matter what, you know, you can, you can want so much for your kids, but they will become the mirror image of you. They will become, um, they will be discipled by your life and and the choices that you make and the decisions that you make and your attitudes and your reactions and your how looks. You, nah. <laughs> and how and how you handle marriage life and arguing and conflicts and all of that you're discipling that into your children and your grandchildren. Right. And and with that I just want to kind of share we have uh we have three boys and they're all from the age of 26 to um, 18. 18, you know, and <laughs> yeah. it's really, it's really a blessing because all three of our sons are, are following Christ. They're all serving in the church. They're all serving in the ministry. They're all, they're all doing what we have been doing for the, our whole life pretty much. And it's, we get to see the outcome of our discipleship in their life. And that's like the blessing, you know, we have, we are, you know, our whole circle of family is serving Christ. They're involved. They're they're worshiping. They're they're preaching. They're they're teaching. They're they're discipling. And it's really a blessing because, you know, it all started just with us. Right. And I and I think because I think about our our lives and we were some of the most imperfect parents and 
and failed miserably in a lot of decisions and a lot of things. But I think one thing that they did see from us all the time was that no matter what, we were going to serve Christ. So like we would be falling apart, but no matter what, we were going to serve Christ. We still went to church. We still went to church. We still served. We still, you know, did what we needed to do. We still put Christ first. And I think that that's something that we've always done is that, you know, if, if things are bad, it doesn't matter. We're going to church. If if you're in a soccer game, it doesn't matter. We're going to go serve Jesus. And and they always saw that, you know, well, we just bought a house. It doesn't matter. God's called us. We're going to sell it. Like it, I think that that's one thing that they did see and that we discipled them is that God always has to come first. Amen. So kind of going on to our next uh, point here is we have discipleship as a married couple. You know, um, in our ministry, what we do is we bring in uh, married couples. And again, we have the um, opportunity to be disciplers in other people's marriages in our in our ministry. And what I believe in that situation is that these people are coming in from broken marriages and then God is bringing them together and restoring their marriage. And then so then here we are, we're... Um, uh, we're being tools for them to be able to look at to see what a marriage is because, you know, well, the world can portray one way as a marriage couple, you know, that's the way they show them to be married. And then in, in Christ, we you know, we we believe this way, you know. So we have um, the opportunity to disciple these married couples that come in and hopefully to be the example that, that we can be in Christ so that they can see what, what marriage is supposed to be like, you know, and marriage is hard. It's tough. Even in Christ, it's tough. It's it's difficult. But again, it's, it's putting in the work. And I also think about it too. It's like, everybody is always watching. And at the same time, once you say, oh, I'm a follower of Christ, or I'm a Christian, it just seems like their eyes get more wide, and they watch you even more. And I think about it, like, even walking into a restaurant, the fact that you open the door or on the golf course when we're encouraging each other instead of putting each other down. Like couples watch this and they watch how we react and act with each other, even if they're not saved, even if they're not disciples of Christ. Like our discipleship of who God is in our marriage is seen wherever we go and however we act. And it's so important, you know, because I mean, there's days where you don't even want to act married, where you're just so angry with each other, but also knowing that, you know, and not to be fake and not to have some, some falseness to you, but understanding that people were watching you to act like Christ. So, you know, we're going to go into disciples, uh, create disciples. And, you know, kind of going back to in our family, well, this is where we get to see where we are able to create disciples. And then our children are now creating their own disciples. And then also in our ministry, we are we are creating other disciples where they have now the opportunity to create other disciples. So it's kind of like we get to see the blessing of, of discipleship because it's it's continuing, you know. Right. It's like the legacy is, is continuing on. Right. And, I, and I'm going to Matthew 28, 19 through 20, and it says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And one thing in our ministry is that, you know, we do deal with the down and out. We deal with people that are pretty much on their last 
you know, their, their last string, their last, you know, chance. And, and we do bring them in and we begin to work with them and we begin to disciple them. And that's one thing that, you know, our goal and our mission has always been that we can't do anything for these people. Our goal is to point them to Jesus. Our goal is to teach them how to tap into the Holy Spirit, how to, you know, we're, we're not Jesus, we're not God. But like you said at the beginning, follow me as I follow Christ. And the decisions that I'm making and the choices that I'm making are to teach them how to be more and more like Christ and to point them to Jesus. And that's very important, you know, and um, once we're able to get these disciples and get, and point them to Christ, we get to actually see the victory in their lives. You know, we get to see them overcome the addiction, they overcome their their uh, bad habits. We start to see change in their character. We t- we start to see change in their um, in the physical aspect as well. We get we get to see the change in all the way around the person. You know. Right, because the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to work with them from the inside out. But nobody knows, like I know when I got saved, I got saved and I didn't know what to do next. I didn't, you know, I was still talking the same. I was still acting the same. I was still reacting the same. I was still, you know, even though I knew that I had made a life change and and God was doing something in my heart. I didn't know how to be like Christ and it had to take someone to come in and bring me in and say, you know, that's not acting like Christ or let me take you to the word where it shows you different or, or, um, you can't hold on to unforgiveness because let me take you to the word where it teaches you not, you, you can't hold unforgiveness. But I just think about like, even in my own walk, like you don't just wake up and all of a sudden know how to be like Christ. It takes it takes multitudes of of people and the word of God to come in and just start discipling you and working with you. And and then so there's a you know there's a a point here where it says I cannot disciple myself. Can you share a little bit on? That? Yeah, because you'll have people and they'll they'll say, "Well, I'll just disciple myself. I have the Holy Spirit. I have." You know, Jesus is, you know, he he's the one discipling me. And, you know, and and one of the ways that I would think about that is if someone told you, hey, your kid can educate themselves from kindergarten to 12th grade instead of going to school, you would think that that process was crazy. Like you can't just get a kindergartner and then expect them to know what they need to know all the way from kindergarten to 12th grade. And then also if you were told hey, we'll just let our two-year-old potty train themselves. Like, that's just insane. Like, they're going to be going all over the place. It takes someone to take them by the hand and say, this is a potty. This is where you go. This is kindergarten. You need to sit there. And so when you talk about discipling yourself, like even Jesus took 12 people under him and then those 12 were to go and make disciples. So it's, it's biblical that it takes people to disciple you. Right. And it, and you, like the one thing you said was, you know, it has to, you have to start, I guess, pretty much at the kindergarten stage. And then you, you as you start to grow in, in Christ, you go through tests and trials and then you, you, you mature and then you continue to grow and grow. And then all of a sudden you're at a level where now you put to disciple others, you know? Right. And discipleship, one thing I've, I've learned with it too, is it's not easy. It's, it's your, 
working with people is never easy. Working with me wasn't easy. Working with people isn't easy. You're some you're like people, an open book. Yeah, you're you're they see everything, they know everything and 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 you're held at a different level and a different standard because you cannot go and say, "Well, this is how you need to be." And then you're doing the complete opposite. Like you can't hold people to a standard and and have them you know, working to that level or working to change that, you know, that habit or that, you know, whatever it is, and then you're doing the same thing. So it puts you at a different level where you need to hold yourself more accountable. Yeah. What's the saying in the world? Um, do as I say, but don't do as I. Not as I, I do. do. Right. Kind of like there. Right. And discipleship, you can't, you, you have to hold yourself to a different standard. You have to be able, because the scripture again, which is such a good scripture is follow me as I follow Christ. My actions should represent Christ. And then you should want to mimic what I'm doing because I'm following Christ. Now, believe you me, everybody has faults and everybody sins and everybody makes mistakes. But I'm thinking the ultimate standard at the end is that you want to be more like Christ. Amen. So in Luke 14, 25 through 35, it says large crowds are traveling with Jesus and turning them to them. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, Brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Mm, that's a tough scripture because a lot of people are like in this situation it's that hate, you know, and I believe um, the scripture is kind of saying you have to love them less. Right. You know, because hate's a, a, it's, it's a tough word to to chew on, you know, and I believe that we have to understand it's we have to come to a point where, you know, we love our family less and we love Christ more. Right. That our main decisions, if we are a disciple of Christ, our main decisions and our main focus are always to be in line with what God's will is in our life. And again, like we talked about it through that, you're going to minister to your family through that you're going to. But if your family sees you faltering or not putting Christ first, like they're not going to make the decision to put Christ first. You are the greatest example of that, of picking up your cross and following Christ. So it's kind of like, you know, well, Christ, what did Christ do? Christ laid down his life. So then as disciples, what do we do? We do the same thing. We lay down our life for the sake of the gospel so that others can come to Christ. Right. And I think also to you know, dying to self and, and understanding that, you know, discipleship is also to when you lead someone to Christ, like you, you lead someone to Christ, you, you go and make disciples, you go and you lead someone to Christ, then you bring them in and you bring them under your wing. And I, and I just say all that to say this, that, you know, sometimes people like to pull in disciples when the fish are already clean. And, and it's just, you know, it, it's, to me, that's a hard subject, because I believe that, that it starts from the beginning. I really believe that, you know, you, you have to really make that Im impact in their life when they're in their down and out, right. when they need Christ, when they, when, when that, when they're ready to be rebellious and angry and bitter and not understand, those are the times where you really, you know, as a parent, the three to five year olds is the most impactful 
part of a kid's life. And I believe that that's the same way with the, with the disciple is those early years are where you're going to build that foundation. Right. Cause what is it? it you retain everything within that time span in your life. And right. that's, that's the most important time span that, that you have with that child. So kind of like with the new, with the new believer, with the new convert, that's the most important time that we have because it's like you're helping them to lay their foundation to be able to build a, on Christ and then hopefully that they can be able to move forward with Christ the rest of their life. Right, right, because at some point you want them to just continue to just grow and grow and again make disciples. So at some point they need to grow and have a relationship with God to where they're bringing in people and they're working with them and then they're making disciples. Discipleship should never stop. And, you know, and that, you know, saying that once you are a Christian, once you are a follower of Christ, having the understanding and knowing that it is no longer about you, that your your goal and your mission in life is to make a disciple. And so then you make that disciple. And then, like I said, then they'll make a disciple because that is our mission. That is our goal. And and being someone who disciples is a very selfless situation because you're having to set your self aside to work with someone else. You're, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes holding yourself to a different standard because I know in my life that discipling is the hardest when you feel like you're failing that day. So when you're failing that day, it is so hard to go to someone and, and bring encouragement and bring, you know, you just want to just curl in a ball and just cry out to Jesus and, you know, wallow away in your pity. And then those are the circumstances where God brings people in and you have to push give yourself. Them, yeah, push yourself with words of encouragement and words of affirmation and, you know, and so. You, it's like reading the scripture. It's like you have to pick up your cross and carry it. Right, <laughs> right. Because it is, it's, I, it just seems like, you know, you're, you don't have that time to just be all sad and a pity party. A pity party. You have to say, okay, you know, this person needs me or this person, um, you know, I even think about it, even if we're arguing or we're mad at each other. And then someone comes up to me and is like, Hey, I need prayer about this. And it's like, wow, like I should, I don't even feel like I should be praying for you, but it's that denying of self and, and sucking in all that you have learned in the word of God and everything. And just allowing the Holy spirit to bring it all to memory and then just letting it all out. All right. So what we want you to do is we would like for you to be able to take from this episode is that, you know, that you do need others. And also you need others so that you can be able to lead them to Christ. Because once we are able to start to lead them to Christ, then we start to have the opportunity to disciple. And discipleship should never stop. Right. So, we, you know, we just want to thank you guys for giving us this opportunity to, uh, to just uh, share into y'all's lives. And we hope that you have a blessed day. Amen.